0: They were proclaiming the good news, and it's quite appropriate uh, based on the text we are reading from Isaiah chapter 9. Maybe you have your Bible or or your device and you want to turn there to Isaiah chapter 9 and listen now for the word of the Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied exaltation You have increased its joy, they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us. A son given to us, authority rests on his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Three nights ago marked the longest night of the year. It was the winter solstice. There was more darkness on Thursday night than any other of the 364 nights of the year. And only a few nights prior to the solstice was the magnificent Geminids meteor shower. Some observed 20, 30, 50, 100 meteors streaking the darkness of the cold night sky per hour. They travel around 78,000 miles an hour. They're visible in bright white, sometimes in green. They originated from a trail of disintegrated, a disintegrated asteroid. So about every one year, 1.4 years, the earth uh, orbitally passes through the trail dust of this asteroid. Few, if any, ever make their way all the way to the surface of the earth. They, they burn up about 45 miles up above the earth's crust. It's space dust. It is asteroid residue. We spin, orbitally spin in its path through the deep darkness of space. And I thought about that, and here we are this morning hearing these ancient words from the prophet Isaiah to an exiled people, away from their homeland, cut off from their religious center, which lies in ruins, their their entire identity gone. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have lived in a land of darkness, on them the light has shined. People orbitally walk too and we all have our own darkness. Something about Advent reminds us to keep walking, to keep spinning through the trails of God's divine residue, observing and, and believing and embracing that at any moment the light will appear upon our pathway. On the first Christmas, like a meteor slashing a wound across the fabric of the night sky, God breached the world's darkness and lit up the night sky to signal to the world God's hope, God's mercy, God's joy, and peace is clawing and ripping and streaking across the fabric of our own darkness, trying to find a point of entry into our human story. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its what, church? Its worth in the depth of night. Peace was born, rupturing expectations, piercing humanity's inability to wonder while wandering. God's peace ripping into our world is the story of us moving from darkness into marvelous light, from feeling unworthy to hearing that we are God's child, and from being enslaved by this world to becoming liberated citizens of God's world. Mm, I love this season, y'all. Now, moderately poetic and metaphysical, so how does this piece, slashing into our darkness work in reality? Because God could have very easily broken open the heavens and sent an army behind his prince's son riding on a white horse with a clarion call to the injustices... The pain, the brokenness, the darkness of human shame and guilt. He could have chosen to just immediately right the wrongs and uh, assert and insert himself like we do through coercion and violence and, and power, just overcome it by brute force. Instead, God chose differently. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, a child of all things, of all means through which God would bring heavenly peace. We've prepared for that peace in the hanging of the, the greens. We've heard the story of peace through lessons and carols. We have been convicted by the spirit of peace who has called us to set the free those who are oppressed and imprisoned and blinded by the ways of this world. And the great paradox of Human history is when the God of all creation decided to break into our human story in the most unassuming, unlikely way through the pains of labor and delivery, childbirth, in a cattle stall, some even say in a cave with a spotlight from heaven coming right down on it to show where the Prince of Peace was born. It baffled religious thinkers, philosophers, governmental leaders, rulers, the Prince of Peace, had made landfall. And this child, a child, unable to feed himself, care for himself, protect himself, speak for himself, this child is a wonderful counselor. What advice can a child give? Ask Dr. Borders. (laughs) Yeah. This child is a mighty God, mighty how? He couldn't even hold his head up. This child is an everlasting father. That seems like an odd blending of metaphors, a a father-child. But this child is Prince of Peace. Now that I can sort of get. There's nothing more peaceful than a sleeping, cooing, bubbly little baby to reset one's perspective. Yes? Yeah. This past Wednesday... We were hosting a dress rehearsal in here for the 3 p.m. Holy Chaos glow stick service. And I was able to hold baby Dottie Allen. She's gonna be playing baby Jesus, we think. There's a lot of sickness out there and we're having to pivot on dimes these days, we'll see. But the rehearsal was going on and so I took baby Dottie in my arms, she trusted me, and we walked up here and we looked at that cow and we looked at that donkey and, and that lamb and all of these poinsettias and and Dottie, she loves chrismons and she loves the ones that have the lights right behind them. They just sparkle and, and twinkle and her eyes would light up and she'd look up at me. <laughs> it was so peaceful. She was so attentive. She was so unmindful of the world's unrest of wars and divisions and coercion and subversion and power plays and and certainly incapable of the world's governments resting upon her shoulders, but in a strange way. She wonderfully counseled me back to center. She did remind me of our mighty God's willingness to become vulnerable like a child. That Vulnerability isn't weakness, that there's more power in vulnerability than we choose to believe. Dottie reminded me of our everlasting father's everlastingness to ensure that that life will find a way. She reminded me that those who are courageous enough to actually practice peace are princes and princesses of heaven. And she never said a word. She just took her hand and wrapped it around my finger and kept looking up at me, like, why are you worried? For unto us a child is born, breaking into the darkness. I thought about a story this week Dr. Tony Evans tells that one year his wife wanted some wrapped Christmas boxes to use as decoration, so he packaged up eight of them they did together, and put them on the front porch, and the bows were so big, and they had jingle bells on them, and, and they were wrapped really tightly, no wrinkles. It was, it was quite a beautiful expression of, of gifts on their front porch. The, the difference is they were empty. All the boxes were empty. And Dr. Evans says he never had to worry about anyone um, coming to steal his gifts. They'd pick them up and realize there's nothing in them, and they'd put them right back down. And then Dr. Evans says a lot of folks... Are well wrapped. There's not a lot going on inside and we don't always remember what it means to be blessed. We just want to be well wrapped or think that we are well wrapped and insulated. We like to put on our wrapping paper armor so so no one can really see us, so no one will know what's going on in the inside. He says that people are like those boxes, but I, I disagree. I think Honestly, we all well wrap ourselves at times, but we're not empty at all. I think there's a lot going on in all of us. Oftentimes, it may feel like an emptiness from storms and chaos and disillusionment and expectations and hopelessness. And so we wrap it up as a presentation. And I think what we need to hear this season is a reminder that God came to be with us as a vulnerably exposed child. That in our vulnerability with God and one another, I wonder if that is the genesis of peace. Jesus was not well wrapped. He barely had three bands of of cloth around him. Not very regal, if you ask me, uh, but here's the thing. The birth of Christ, the Prince of Peace, It would not be the last time he was left vulnerable and weak and with the ability to draw the world to himself. It was not the only time Jesus was wrapped. There were three times Jesus was wrapped. It's at his birth and when he washed feet and when he was laid in a tomb. This, this, Is Christ the King, the Prince of Peace, the one who is wrapped not in royal garb but left over cloths? This is our Prince of Peace who was wrapped for the world to see, wrapped while he performed a job washing dirty feet, wrapped in a shroud and laid in a tomb for the sins of the world. Is it possible that the Prince of Peace is leading his flock into an understanding that true peace comes through vulnerability, not certainty. It comes through serving, not being served. It comes through sacrifice, not violence. What is peace and how do you know it when when you find it? People have walked in darkness, have seen a great light. And I wonder if maybe the path of peace comes when we Walk together through the darkness of life. I I, I recently ran across a poem called Walker. Uh, It's by the Spanish poet Antonio Machado. And he says, Walker, your footsteps are the road and nothing more. Walker, there is no road. The road is made by walking. And I thought about St. Augustine who once wrote, it is solved by walking. Walking toward what? toward whom and with whom are we walking life's roads this season. So often, too often, there doesn't seem to be a road amid the darkness of life. We read about these ongoing invasions of Ukraine by Russia, the war in the Middle East, the exponential rise of anti-Semitism two Shabbats ago. Every Jewish house of worship uh, in the state had a bomb threat called in on it, a good Israel locally evacuated their worship service that Friday. Temple Beth Or did not even meet. We can't imagine the need for peace. Couple that with political tension, local points of pressure, idols of consumerism this season, and boy, the darkness does not want to grant us a pathway to walk, does it? So maybe the Spanish poet is, is Right. There's no road except the one that we make by walking together. And this is precisely why we need the prophets, my friends. The people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Like maybe Advent 4 is a call to keep walking together to remind us of our responsibility to dream and to imagine an alternative reality to the world's chaos and the world's injustices and the world's discord, to motivate us to keep walking together until we see the reality that God intends for the world and how we are charged with the task of helping God create that new world. So Isaiah Isaiah goes to Painting paints a picture of a time when the yoke of the people's burden, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppression is broken. A time when the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood are burned as fuel for the fire because there's no longer a need for military, no need for war. For unto us a child has been born, a new king, a prince of peace, whose authority will grow because of love and respect for all, most especially for those who are poor and vulnerable, That's the vision the prophet lays before us today. We walk with the assurance that a child has been born who brings peace. We walk toward peace. We walk for peace. We walk with peace, with the prophet's vision before us. We walk and the ways of God are revealed. We are wrapped in the garment of peace as God's care and compassion are unwrapped for the world through us. It is the unveiling of a mystery in art and music. It moves us all to tears as we feel our lives changing and the lives of others changing around us. We walk as we proclaim today the light of Christ to guide our way. And we walk to this table, manger-like in its purpose. as a place where means of grace of God are wrapped in a linen cloth once again, but will be unwrapped as an invitation for us to find the Prince of Peace. Together is such an operative word for people who walk in darkness. No one walks alone. As you come forward, look around to those with whom you walk, for they are your brothers and sisters in Christ. And they walk with you, and you walk with them. And they need you, and you need them. For on all of us, the light has shined. For unto all of us, a child is born. The Prince of Peace, who invites you here today. Amen.